today's show because a better business begins with you. That's why we deliver daily 10-minute business lessons for the real world. I'm your host, your coach, your teacher, Omar Zenholm. I'm also the co-founder of Webinar Ninja, an independent software company I started with my partner back in 2014. And in today's lesson, you will learn, should you get an investor when starting a software company? I get asked this question a lot as a founder of a software company, a company that I have been growing for the last seven years. And it's a very reasonable question because software is expensive. It's not cheap to start a software company. It's not like starting a service or a consulting firm or creating some sort of uh, e-product like a book or a digital course. Those are actually relatively inexpensive to start. I should note because I started several of them. Software, on the other hand, requires some capital in most cases. Where do you get that money? Is going down the investor route the best way? Are there other ways to raise funds? That's what we get into in today's lesson. I'm gonna share my own experience of starting a self-funded software company and try to guide you if you're looking to start a software company yourself in the near future. Let's get into it. Let's get down to business. Support for today's show comes from Start Your First Online Business, my all new 10-part audio course on Himalaya Learning. This is a course that's gonna get you from zero to one. It's gonna get you from thinking about your business to actually launching that business, getting it out of your head and into the real world. We cover things like validating your idea, creating your first product, pricing it, marketing it, financing your business, even creating your business website and more. Check it out at Himalaya.com MBA and use code MBA to get a 14-day free trial. Again, that's Himalaya.com slash MBA, promo code MBA. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, uh, I started a self-funded independent software company back in 2014. Now, self-funded doesn't mean I started with zero dollars. It just means I funded myself. I used my own capital. And that's always an option. If you have some money on the side and you believe in this project, you can be your own investor. How much money you need? Well, that depends on what you're trying to build and your current resources beyond money, like labor and talent. So we're going to get into all that. But I want to start by saying that you can go down the route. A lot of people start businesses with their savings. So they have an idea. There's a lot of work and planning you can do before you even actually spend a dollar. And, and in that meantime, you can side hustle. You can build something on the side to earn you cash. Or many people, they literally just do overtime or wherever they work to save the cash. I know that sounds pretty intense, but if it's your dream to start a software business, it's worth it. So let's start with what you actually need to start a software business so we can see how much money we need and if we need to get investors. Now, with any business, there's really two parts to the business. There's the actual product and then there's the actual selling of that product. So Part two, the selling of the product is applicable to any kind of business. So whether I'm selling mops or Lamborghinis or if I'm selling vacations or software, I need a way to sell it. That means I need a website. I need a way to charge people. I need to market this website. I need to service these people. There's a lot that's involved there outside the actual product. Then you have, of course, the product itself. You need resources to make that product. Now, if you're an author and you write a book, you can self-publish your own book, and therefore you don't really need any other labor. But you do need to solve the other part of the business, which is the actual selling of the business, you know, selling, marketing, getting customers. 
So typically what people do with software businesses is they actually start the business with two people, a marketer and a product person or an engineer. So this is one way you can get started without having to have any funding. And there's a lot of great SaaS businesses out there that started that way. Basecamp is one of them. Transistor FM, a podcasting uh, SaaS business. Gumroad, ConvertKit, I can go on and on. So if you don't want to take on any investors and you want to self-fund it yourself with your own labor, then choose. Do you want to be the marketer, the person that puts the site together and sells the product and gets you the leads and services customers? Or do you want to be the person that is responsible of actually building the software? This would require you to be a full stack engineer. By the way, if you're neither, you can learn, right? You can learn how to market. You can learn how to put together a sales pipeline. You can learn how to code if you want to be the engineer. There's so much available online to learn these skills. Many people pick up these skills so quickly that they can start a business within six to nine months given these new skills. So you can find a co-founder, find somebody to compliment you and take on one of these roles and you can start this business very small. If you're going to start a software company, my advice to you is to start very, very simple, which is called an MVP, a minimal viable product. You're just trying to build an application that does one thing really well. This is not going to be a great product, okay? It's not going to compete with the big companies out there, but you're going to build something so you can learn how to make it great for your ideal client. There's a great video on YouTube you need to watch from Michael Siebel from Y Combinator, called How to Plan an MVP. And he talks about how minimal viable it should be. It should be ugly. It should be not perfect, but it should just do something decently. Okay. One little thing. So for example, you're starting an email marketing software to compete with MailChimp. All you want to build right now is just a tool that can send one email to a group of people. That's it. It doesn't have to have automation or tagging or any of that kind of stuff. You're just trying to keep it minimal. You're going to get it off the ground so you can get feedback, so you can learn. My next one is that with a partner, you can both put in some cash if you need to spend some money on like servers, or if you wanna hire some people to do some part-time work, that's always a possibility. Now, my number one recommendation if you're starting a software company is one of the best investments is just joining a co-working space. Your local co-working space will most likely have some sort of deal with something like uh, Google Cloud Computing or AWS Amazon Web Services where they'll give you free credits. Like we're talking about $10,000 worth of credits, something that you can really use when you're getting started. So you can host and deploy your uh, app for free until you actually have customers. Also, these co-working spaces have other incentives and deals with other softwares you might need uh, to run your business like payment processing software like Stripe or customer support software like Intercom, uh, where they literally give away the, the app to startups to get started. Now, sometimes building it with somebody else or a small team or self-funding it is just not going to cut it. You need a good load of cash. You need maybe half a million dollars because your business, your software is quite complicated, or I should say is expensive to build. Like if you're in the fintech industry, you know, that stuff is going to be expensive because you've got compliance issues, all that kind of stuff. Uh, my software, Webinar Ninja, it's very, very complex because it merges a lot of different pieces of technology into one software, email marketing, uh, web streaming services, email marketing, video streaming, landing pages, 
chat, all that kind of stuff. So it really combines a lot of pieces of technology together. It can get quite expensive. So I actually had to put up a lot of capital at the start to run this business. I also pre-sold the software to get an influx of cash, but a combination of both, you know, it's a few hundred thousand dollars. In this case, you can get an investor, but it's going to be hard for you to get a really good deal because you don't have any customers yet. And there's no real way to say, hey, this company is going to be worth X, Y, Z. There's two schools of thought here. Some people say it's good to raise funds uh, before you actually have customers because it's sort of like the sky's the limit and investors are more likely to put money in. Some other schools of thought, which I subscribe to, and if you ever watch Shark Tank, you'll hear. The first question they say is like, how many customers do you have? How much money uh, do you make every year? What are your numbers in terms of sales revenue? This is more appealing to an investor because they actually see that the product has legs, there's product market fit, and they're willing to invest. And they're going to invest with a fair amount of equity because they have the numbers. It's much easier for an investor to kind of exploit the situation and say, hey, you have nothing and you can't pull this off without me. I want 70% of the business. I want 60% of the business. This is not unheard of. Some investors will do this, especially angels. And of course, there are great investors that don't exploit the situation. My advice is to actually try to at least garner interest in your product. Put a landing page together, put an opt-in in there, see how many people are interested in buying this, even if it's on a waiting list. So you can say, hey, I got 50,000 people on a waiting list for this product. There's interest in this market. There's interest in this product. You're going to have a lot more leverage uh, with that data to get investors. Another option is going with micro-investing. Uh, a company that I think does this very well is Tiny Seed where you're not getting millions of dollars, you're getting maybe a good amount of money to get you started. I think it's around $100,000, $200,000. They do take a cut, it's a reasonable cut, but it's also like an incubator and a great community for you to uh, be around to be able to build your software around great peers. And lastly, the other option I wanna mention is, because it's a viable option, is debt financing. Now, most Debt financing options need to see some numbers, need to see some sales to say, okay, this business has customers and they are happy to give you a loan based on your revenue. Payment processors like Stripe actually are starting to get into debt financing. Another company that comes to mind that's really good at this is Lighter Capital. But most of these companies are looking for you to make at least fifteen dollars to $20,000 a month in monthly recurring revenue to prove, hey, this business, this software has legs. So that's why I'm saying the MVP part is really important because you're gonna have a lot more options if you actually have customers, if you actually gotten to that point. Once you get to $15,000 in monthly recurring revenue in a software, you have some traction, you have product market fit, you have a response from the market and people wanna get in on that. I got more on today's topic, my summary and my closing advice. I'm gonna wrap this up in a bow, but before that, let me go love to today's sponsor. Webinars. We know how well they work to generate new business for coaches, consultants, and other creators. We know that online marketing is 10 times more powerful when you add webinars to your campaigns. But what's the right platform to use? What's the easiest? Which platforms can integrate webinars seamlessly into the rest of your marketing infrastructure and do it all at the right price? Take a look at our very own Webinar Ninja the user-friendliest webinar platform ever. Create live, automated, series, and hybrid webinars. Make them free or charge for valuable lessons. 
send automated emails to promote your webinar, and follow up for more conversions. Showcase your unique value and do it all without the hassle and stress of navigating pain-in-the-butt software. Try Webinar Ninja absolutely free at WebinarNinja.com and see just how easy and powerful webinars can be. That's WebinarNinja.com for a 14-day risk-free trial. So should you get an investor if you're starting a software company? If you're okay with parting ways with your equity in the business, sure, why not? A lot of people are okay with it because they're like, this is not my only business. I'm going to start other businesses in the future. And if this thing is amazing, owning a fraction of the business is going to be worth a lot. Also, some people just don't want to invest their own money. They want to keep their money, their personal cash aside, and they want to do business with somebody else's money. If you're that kind of person, go ahead. If you're the kind of person that really believes in your business and want to have full control and want to reap all the benefits and take home all the booty, then self-fund yourself. That's something that you're going to feel happy about. That's something you're going to feel comfortable about. And there's no right or wrong. It's just what you want out of your experience with your business. And lastly, I highly encourage if you can simplify your software to a point where it's solving a problem, a pain point really well, start selling that, get some velocity, get some customers, get to 15 to 20K MRR, you're gonna have a whole lot more options and funding. Thanks so much for listening to The $100 MBA Show. If you love what you hear, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. You never miss a beat. When our next episode drops, you'll get it automatically on your device. Before I go, I wanna leave you with this. Running a software company is expensive. It's not cheap, okay? There's a lot of moving parts, there's a lot of technology that you have to pay for, a lot of tools, and of course, a team of engineers uh, once you start growing. And highly talented engineers are expensive, especially ones that are highly communicative and really see your vision and are a good culture fit. Th that's a rare mix, and you're gonna need that mix to be successful. But you don't have to start with a big team. You can start with one person, high quality engineer. You can lead them. You can do the marketing stuff if you want or vice versa. The point here is, is that go for quality, not quantity and grow because one great engineer, one great hire can be equal to 10 hires and can get you the growth you need to move forward in your success in your business. Thanks so much for listening and I'll check you in tomorrow's episode Q&A Wednesday. I'll see you then. Take care.